Good afternoon, KZMU listeners in Moablandia and beyond. This is Lisa, your host of Great Wide Open, one of KZMU's public affairs shows. For today's show, we're actually going to pop back to uh, a topic that came up during uh, our interview with uh, Anna Sprout, who is the new trail ambassador coordinator, program coordinator for outreach for the Grand County Active Trails Alliance. And one of the new programs that we have going through them, something that we all have to deal with all the time, which is human waste management. So we all have to manage our human waste one way or another every day. Well, hopefully every day. We like to be regular. And one of the things that we've done in Grand County recently is to implement a countywide human waste bag, aka WAG bag, disposal program. What is a WAG bag, you might ask? Well, WAG bags or human waste bags are basically what it says it's a bag, and inside that bag has all the things you need to deal with what nature calls for when you are not in a place where you could easily get to a bathroom situation. We currently have a ban in Grand County on leaving human excrement out in the backcountry. So there is a mandate to, um, you know, pack it in, pack it out, which is what we should be doing with all of our waste. But particularly, we need to do that with human excrement and dog excrement. Interestingly to me, we've been dealing with animal waste for quite some time as like the human race. And it is pretty common that you just, you know, you go outside and you have your bags with you and nature calls and your little creature does its job and you do your job, which is to clean up after that creature. So we're pretty well conditioned, those of us who are pet owners, to dealing with this situation. And those of us who are parents are fairly well conditioned to dealing with that with children. But when it comes to our own, there can be a little bit of resistance or um, lack of comfort for that. So it can be kind of a a pesky little situation because it has to be dealt with. And in recent years, with the just absolute boom of participation in outdoor recreation, be it hiking or be it rock climbing or mountain biking or any of those things, um, yeah, we've had a lot of expansion in that. And with that expansion comes a expansion in the amount of human waste that is out there. So anyway, I'm going on and on and on, but one thing that's really great about what's going on in Moab is not only so problematic to this whole situation. Obviously, we know rafters and big groups have been dealing with human waste for years with things like rocket boxes and whatnot that can be emptied at um, often either an RV facility or a solid waste disposal site. But these personal bags come with some other personal problems, some of which we might actually talk about later, like the actual facility in using these. But then you have a bag and human waste is a hazardous waste. And 
we started seeing so much popularity in this county with the use of these human waste bags what the next problem was so great we're getting all this um human waste off of our public lands but now we're seeing people throw them into trash cans or into dumpsters and now we've got a hazardous waste disposal issue with these products being just thrown into trash cans and issues with the sanitation uh, department workers having to inadvertently encounter these. So I'm going to do a flashback to June 17th of this year where our illustrious news chief, Molly Marcello here at KZMU, did a great interview with our um, then program developer for or program manager for the Solid Waste District. We have a waste bag disposal program that to my knowledge and Molly's knowledge, and we're going to just come right out and claim this and hope that some people can prove us wrong, but this could be the only program of its kind in the state or country or even world where we actually have five disposal bins for human waste bags. So we are trying to help the general public with this situation so that they know when you get off of um, you know, a canyon hike or you get done with your rock climbing, you're used to carrying your bag around with you, and now you have a place to put it that is not in someone's home waste thing, because this is a hazardous waste. And I'm going to play you Molly's show from um, June 17th, so you can get a little background on this whole program and also the trials and tribulations of our solid waste and waste management facility workers, what they have had to go through, which for me was reopening. So, or reopening, eye-opening. So we're going to let you uh, take it away, Molly, in the Wayback Machine. And woo, 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 we're going back to June 17th. I have another trash can and I'm transferring it in. Okay. Arba Adams is covered head to toe in PPE. She's wearing a full-length smock, gloves, mask, all of it to properly handle the contents of a bright white trash can. Yeah, this one's a little ripe. Did you say ripe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the Lions Park Transit Hub. Adams is the programs manager at Canyonland Solid Waste Authority, and this white trash can she's inspecting is one of the first official wag bag disposal bins. Just getting people to know what they are and to use them is, the, is a really big hurdle. So if we can get that to happen, that's fantastic. Wag bags are short for waste alleviation and gelling bags. They're portable containers you can put to use when the need strikes on a desert trail. And it looks like more than a few people have figured out how to dispose of them locally, right here in this white bin at Lions Park. We've got a couple in here. Okay. You want to see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see you holding your nose. <laughs> yep, holding my nose. It's over 100 degrees outside, and these wag bags smell like they've been here for a couple days, since Adams last collected them. It's her job right now to run collections on the wag bag disposal system, which consists of five bins placed around town. The system just launched this month, and the bins are already in use. This one at Lions Park Transit Hub did not disappoint. Our collections workers, everyone told me in advance that this would be the good place. Where they found the most, uh, you know, human waste and wag bags has been here. Finding human waste in the regular trash has become a big problem for solid waste workers lately. Nothing ruins your day worse than being covered in human waste. 
I've seen just with my own eyes two separate drivers be hit with with human waste and it's just it's miserable. Ron Bogart has worked in solid waste in Moab for over a decade. We're speaking in his office, which doubles as a break room. He says he's done a bit of everything here. Separated garbage at the transfer station, driven a collections route. Now he's a manager. I've seen it all. Every unsavory bit of it. Over his 11 years in the industry, he says human waste has become much more of a problem. Bogart says, sure. They're finding more wag bags in residential and commercial trash pickups. But they're also finding ammo cans full of waste, even five-gallon buckets. Well, originally when I started, we would see maybe on the high end one a week, one every other week. And now we're getting into the double digits weekly easily. Now it's getting to the point where we're finding five-gallon buckets that people have been using for extended amounts of time. We've found... 30-gallon trash bags being used as wag bags, but they're completely full. It's, yeah, it's absolutely increased in the time I've been here. This increase means more chances of a miserable day for solid waste employees on their collections route. That's because the truck compresses trash. So what happens is we don't see them go into the truck, and then there's a blade that creates a lot of pressure as it compacts the garbage. And if that wag bag's in just the right spot, it puts it under enough pressure where it will rupture, and then out it comes. And if you're standing in the wrong spot, then it's going to hit you. We had one driver get covered from head to toe. His partner drove him straight to his house, and he took several showers, threw away his clothes. Um, he was just done. It's absolutely discouraging. We deal with everything nobody wants in their life. They throw it away, and that's what we deal with every day. It's a serious issue uh, that we're dealing with. Jonathan Dutrow, environmental scientist at the Southeast Utah Health Department. His main concern here is the potential transmission of infectious disease. Human waste out on the trail can contaminate water, and human waste in a trash compactor can expose workers. Moab's probably not the only community having issues with this, but as far as I know, we're the only community that has actually banned wag bags from going into the trash, and we're also the community that really needs to use wag bags and have wag bags in use. The Center for Outdoor Ethics runs the influential Leave No Trace program. They say when it comes to, well, number two on the trail, it's important to minimize water contamination, social impacts, and the spread of disease. So for a popular desert ecosystem like Moab, that means packing out everything that you, well, pack in. With just the uh, thousands of uh, tourists we have now exploring our area, kind of create a situation where really um, people need to be calling out all their waste. Everybody has yeah, water. Okay. Okay. Everybody has water staying on the trail. It's 95 degrees in the shade as responsible recreation coordinator Anna Sprout interacts with visitors at the Mill Creek Trailhead. She and her coworker are with Grand County's Trail Ambassador Program. They've got water for people who need it, information about BioCrest, a no smoking sign to let people know about fire restrictions. It's a one-stop shop for trail education. And then right here we have stickers as a thank you for staying on the trail. We give these out only after folks have done the hard work of one, having fun, and two, taking care of our trail. Among the fun stuff, they've also got free wag bags. Each one has a sticker with the address of an approved disposal site. I ask Sprout how she brings the conversation up with visitors. 
they're really funny and awkward conversations to have, but you just kind of have to embrace the awkwardness of it. It, it totally depends um, on the situation, but let's say I've talked about BioCrest. Um, it's early in the morning, and I say, just so you know, uh, we also have an ordinance here in this county where we can't leave human waste in the desert. We can't dig holes anymore like we can in other other ecosystems. And so if the coffee strikes, it's really important to use a toilet of some type. She hopes this information sticks in people's minds. Sprout says while stationed at Corona Arch one day this season, the trail ambassadors interacted with a record 1,000 people. Here at Mill Creek, a busy day can average around three to 400 people. If just 1% of these visitors needs to use the bathroom on the trail, well, it can become problematic. On a trail, you can find different areas. It builds up slowly until it's too much. And so um, we just we want to stop the, the slow flow of poop in our area. <laughs> and I think for the longest time, people have been doing what we were taught was right, which was to either bury it or do some other desert-specific disposal. And now it's changing, and it seems a little, slightly more inconvenient and slightly more gross to carry out your waste. But what's, what's left is even grosser because it affects larger populations of people. Um, and so it's about changing a small part of the culture in every um, type of sport we have out here. Changing culture will take time. Every person I spoke with says it's all about education. Step one, get people to pack out their human waste from the trail. Step two, get them to dispose of it in the right way. We all hope that there's a magic bolt somewhere that we can just take care of this. But I think, you know, we're looking several years to, to really kind of make these these changes and changing human behavior. Dutro at the health department. In his opinion, wag bags are helpful but they are simply not that magic bullet. They're full of plastic and... Somebody still has to deal with them. They still have to go to landfill. He'd like to see more people, especially long-term campers, using portable toilets. The health department has secured partial funding for a scat machine. That's basically an industrial dishwasher for portable toilets. Dutrow says that's just part of the solution, too. It's going to take many different angles to make sure human waste stays out of the desert and out of the hands of solid waste workers. At some point, as a community, a county, agencies, the health department, the solid waste authority, like we're going to have to get together here. We're going to have to put some money towards it if if we want to solve this problem. This county almost needs a, a poop crew to <laughs> to deal with this. You know, this is great. Whoever is putting their bags in here, I'm just so happy that they figured out this is what to do and just keep doing it. For now, a main member of the county's semi-official poop crew is Adams from the Solid Waste Authority. Back at Lions Park, she explains that wag bags go in her truck. And then I just drive it directly to transfer station and we dump it right on a trailer. So it's nothing gets compacted, just goes straight to Klondike landfill. She's pretty cheerful about leading collections on this experimental wag bag disposal program. I'm just so happy to help my co-workers. I mean, some of them have been doing this 20, 30 years, you know. I mean, they're essential workers. She points out that it's currently Waste and Recycling Workers Week, a chance to honor and recognize their hard work. Adam says if she can help divert even a little bit of human waste from their trash compactors, she feels like she's really contributing to the team. The experimental wag bag disposal system will run through September, Then, local agencies will evaluate the data and make recommendations for the future. But among the people I spoke with, they already know they want it to expand. 
They'd like to partner with local businesses on education efforts, discuss the possibility of wag bag disposal bins at popular trailheads. All this, of course, could take funding. But for now, the city, county, health department, and solid waste authority say they're doing what they can. And I wouldn't call it a solution because you're never going to solve the problem of human waste. It's always going to be there. But how can we manage it the best way we can with the resources that we have? The website Discover Moab has information on how to pack out and dispose of human waste in Moab. You can find it at discovermoab.com poop. And to throw out your wag bags, look for the bright white trash cans around town. Disposal sites include Lions Park, the Health Department, and the Solid Waste Transfer Station. Well, wow. We got a lot to, uh, to unpack about about all that. Um, here in the studio with me, by the way, we are actually live this week. Live. Molly, welcome to Great Wide Open. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's exciting to be on your show. Um, thank you for rebroadcasting that piece, by the way. I relearned all that information as, as it was playing. Well, it's such a great piece, as are all um, the KZMU news pieces, especially the ones I've heard of yours. And it's great that we have the opportunity to combine mm-hmm. like the news of Moab mm-hmm. with outdoor recreation issues. Mm-hmm. And in Moab, as we know, often those two overlap. Yeah, we were talking about that before we were in the studio, how often, um, you know, Lisa will have an idea for a future show. And I said, oh, I did an interview about that. You know, check this out. Or Lisa, you know, vice versa, too. Like Lisa's, oh, I think I'm really interested in this. I'm like, oh, I should. Should I check that out, too? Like, I feel like that they do really go hand in hand. The yeah, yeah, the the, the news isn't always outdoor recreation and outdoor recreation isn't always news. But here in Moab, where we have such a strong Mm -hmm. um, outdoor recreation culture, the two often overlap. Right. I I, I just had a flashback, actually, to when I first moved here. Um, And kind of pretty early on in my time here, I got a job at the Times Independent. And it was around the time that the Public Lands Initiative was happening. And... I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I have so much to learn about this community. Um, So many people were showing up and I'm like, why is there, there's an alliance of of, um, river runners. There's an alliance of like mountain bikers. Like everyone is uh, claiming their seat at the table here. In addition to like everybody else who's interested in public lands and multiple use and things like that. So that yeah excuse me for that tangential like flashback but <laughs> no it's a great one because there is like a friends of dot dot right. dot you know fill yeah. in the blank because we right. have such a diverse pr- culture mm-hmm. of people doing things in the outdoors mm-hmm. and it's so important to people and people are very involved right. and right and you've seen this town change in forms of outdoor recreation and i think this is my guess, but I think that's why um, you focused on waste on a couple episodes. Is that right? Well, yeah, because the whole um, issue of waste, it's been, yeah, really interesting to see how, so to speak, it's risen to the top. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and I remember another one of our um, KZMU DJs um, a long time ago saying how bad he was noticed this was quite a while ago and he was really noticing how bad it was getting in just random front country back country Mm -hmm. let's call it like accessible back country and he had told me about like some studies they'd done in places like Sedona and whatnot to um, how the water quality was starting to get affected and that we were on the trajectory for the same thing and and it's been true in campsites um, 
climbing actually has a fairly well we all have a long history with waste management but with groups of people that situate themselves Mm -hmm. in places like campers or climbers and climbers tend to collect river runners the river culture has had a long history with dealing with their waste so Mm -hmm. they're like they've always to me been leagues ahead of Mm -hmm. all the other Mm -hmm. user groups right so like yeah, you bring a box and mm-hmm. you pack it in. You pack, you float your coals. Mm-hmm. You pack them out. Right. Um, when did that conversation start happening in the climbing community? Do you remember? Um, so, I remember. I feel like the invention, so to speak, or maybe not invention, mm-hmm. but the prominence or availability of um, the waste bags, which. Um, waste alleviating gel bags yeah yeah i think you got it <laughs> we can we can we can go into the um a little bit of the nuance of that but yeah. but it's um now a personal bag you can carry with you that has a fixative in it and the supplies that mm. you need to um deal with your own human waste mm. or your child's or even your pets mm-hmm. and be able to pack it out in a very bomber bag mm-hmm. that hopefully if you don't sit on your pack too hard (laughs) doesn't explode open but as we know they can um and when i started being involved with the friends of indian creek which Mm -hmm. is a climber access advocacy group here in town that was when i first really started to recognize the prominence of the human waste bags as Mm -hmm. becoming a thing people bringing them or the need you know both both like the friends of indian creek definitely took an approach early on that um and one of our former board members used to joke um our slogan should be we help people poop because (laughs) that was like a really big Uh part of the early formation of the friends of indian creek well Mm -hmm. access first and then it quickly for you know there were some access issues in indian creek and then it became like okay waste management Mm -hmm. because that's the issue Mm -hmm. that's like the number one issue for any user group Mm -hmm. that is going to start to be a problem for access i mean obviously there's like trespassing or going Mm -hmm. off trails and things like that but then you have human waste Mm -hmm. So at this point, since, you know, Friends of Indian Creek was started. 1990, oh no, sorry, 2004 or five yeah, or six. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, since then, I mean, it, it it's now part of the vernacular of the climbing community. Right? Oh yeah, I would yeah. say that um, climbers expect in a lot of areas now um, that there will be some sort of human waste it's hard for me not to call them rest stop bags because for so many years with um, Friends of Indian Creek, they were a sponsor of our program. Mm, okay. And WAG Bag was a company, but it's also an acronym. So for all you out there that right. like to lose the forest for the stomata, <laughs> um, right. there are lots of companies out there, but those two are quite prominent. And yeah, so, so it became very prominent in climbing. And now we had kiosks down at Indian Creek Mm -hmm. and now people are just like so used to providing their own that they're used to going into one of our local gear shops and being able to find those things or they come prepared with them and best of all I've seen a lot of groups of climbers Mm -hmm. come prepared with if they're going to camp with a toilet so not just the wag bags but also like the full toilet, the full on groover. Yeah. Um, I was just looking up this email because for this story that you just aired, I had reached out to um, the East Idaho Climbers Coalition. Our radio station is part of a network of um, 
other radio stations, other small community radio stations. And for that story, I just I put out the question. I was like, hey, has anyone heard of like a wag bag disposal program? And no one had except for our partners at KHOL. They said, well, it's not a wag bag disposal program, but there is um, this coalition of climbers that keeps free wag bags at certain sites. So I reached out to them and like that program was again like started just a few years ago um, from interest and demand and related to access. Yeah and it's starting to become very widespread. Boulder County, Colorado, Mm -hmm. I believe like Moab now has um, human waste bags not just at their climbing areas but also I think it's so widely instituted now that's at most of their open space trailheads oh wow okay and so that is it's starting to spread throughout the whole outdoor recreation yeah right all users all users of all type now you brought this up in your last show on human waste um you had talked to anna sprout who was also mentioned, uh, who was also in that news piece. You know, what about the environmental impact of the wag bags? Okay, so that is um, a passion point for me (laughs) because um, I definitely, like, so oftentimes as humans on this planet, Mm -hmm. to solve a problem, we create a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it is sometimes. Like, to have EVs, we have to mine the metals that make the batteries, Mm -hmm. and so these things are going to go hand in hand. That's just Mm -hmm. how it goes. Um, When you look at a human waste bag, if you look at it from, um, if you are like an avid recycler or um, zero landfill waste person, as I try to be, you look at this and you're like, okay, this presents a lot of problems Mm -hmm. because not one single bit of it is, um, you can't put it back it's not circular however it can be circular to you Mm. if you do a few things oh yeah i remember this now (laughs) yes right right so that that would be a choice that's Uh like advanced um human waste management like taking it to the next level this is like reusing right you personally could reuse your Mm -hmm. own thing but so then and i was asking um Mm -hmm. i have a friend who works over at solid waste and I was curious about the fact that there's a fixative used mm-hmm. with the human waste, right? So it's trying to extract the moisture and mm-hmm. puts it into this, like, you know, it turns it into yeah. a different substance. Yeah. And can you just, like, dump that in a toilet or even in a vault? Because often what I do as a pet owner, I'll pick up my dog's waste, and instead of, like, tying the bag really mm-hmm. tight mm-hmm. and throwing it in a trash can, mm-hmm. which is also let's not forget hazardous waste that can mm-hmm. affect our sure. solid waste management um, personnel. Mm-hmm. You um, just dump it in the vault mm-hmm. when you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I carried it out. Now I'm just going to dump it in the vault. But once you add these fixatives or kitty litter, um, which we can talk about kitty litter mm-hmm. and you know, all these <laughs> other various ways, so bookmark mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. concept that there's more than one way to poop in the woods. But yeah, um, yeah so we're not sure... So if you're out there and you know and you want to call 259-KZMU and tell us the answer to this question, I have not been able to get a definitive answer or not as to whether Mm -hmm. those things can be emptied into a vault or a toilet. The internet gives you varied information. Yes. And I'm not sure if some of the information has actually been corroborated or they're like, oh, you could just bring it home and dump it. 
I have a feeling that this is, unless someone, dear caller, please inform us, but I do feel like this is um, a lot of these issues or a lot of the issues surrounding waste are kind of around new territory. I think I, I think you mentioned in the intro about how we're not sure if other places have these, you know, these pilot disposal programs for the wag bags. I feel like this is um, all very new with the amount of visitors and the amount of people, um, you know, involved in recreation, whether that's just going for a walk or, um, you know, base jumping. (laughs) Um, Everybody's out there on our public lands. Um, So many more people than before. Yeah. We have to solve the problem that was created by solving another problem, and and <laughs> yeah, I did notice that you know the health department, um, the man that I spoke to for that story, Jonathan, the environmental scientist, he was a little bit more reluctant about the wag bags. I mean, he was very supportive about this this pilot disposal system, but he was very explicit like there has to be other solutions because of those environmental concerns associated with them. Yeah, I I think like dealing with any. Um, public health situation like you know remember our friend the pandemic that we are um, somewhat (laughs) on the other side of but Mm -hmm. there's not just one way to solve these problems you can't just pick you know just wearing masks or whatever Mm -hmm. your choices there are multiple ways to deal with this Mm -hmm. and yes I personally try to avoid using one of those bags if it's at all possible if there is a vault available or if I'm camping with a group and we have Mm -hmm. But, you know, we can't get too graphic because of FCC (laughs) rules, as I have been informed by Molly. But as we all know, Mm -hmm. when nature calls, nature calls. And let me tell you, there's uh, no better doorbell than, you know, racking up all your gear, tying into your harness and having it cinched around your waist. And then you look up and see what's ahead of you. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, geez. Yeah. And here I am. So Mm -hmm. I got to run around the corner and take care of the situation. Right. You know, you've had your ear to outdoor rec issues for a very long time. You know, where does this one factor into all the other things that are going on out there? This is uh, that's a hard one because, um, you know, being public radio people Uh like you and I are, um, (laughs) if you've ever listened to um, like a KUER, National Public Radio um, drive, Uh one of the things that stuck with me that they said one time was it's easy to do what's urgent and it's harder to do what's important Mm -hmm. because that doesn't always rise to the top Mm -hmm. and I think that human waste is a great example Mm -hmm. of that it's one of the most important things that we encounter Mm -hmm. um, with outdoor recreation issues but it's not as urgent as say um, you know someone driving an OHV through a crypto field or an or a bicycle you know not to pick on any one user group but just an example is like something that's more visible Mm -hmm. and you know a little bit more visceral Mm -hmm. Um, someone saying oh I'm a private land owner so we're going to close this crag Mm -hmm. and people will mobilize immediately and effectively this is like a slow burn sort of issue that exactly you know perhaps it does get visceral in certain areas but it's just an ongoing long problem right and Mm -hmm. it's also one of those problems that you're just like well we have to do it Mm -hmm. we can't not do it yeah we cannot and you know there's a long long culture if you go back to any of the old like um sierra club or any Mm -hmm. of those um older organizations Mm -hmm. that um 
have long been telling us how to poop in the woods. Mm -hmm. And there have been various different protocols, even since um, I've been in the desert, like do this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. There was Mm -hmm. dig, there was smear, then back to dig. Really? Yeah. What smear? Yeah, did you miss the smear generation? smear generation. (laughs) Any of you smearers out there, do you you remember that? People of my age or Uh possibly a little bit. Yeah, I think when I first moved to Moab, which was not quite the dark ages, but there was no internet yet. So let's leave it at that. Um, we were transitioning, and it was a very short phase, as okay, I recall, okay. from digging cat holes because what they discovered when they started mm-hmm. doing, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a lot of information. Sure. People started doing studies in campsites and whatnot, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, when you dig a cat hole in the desert and you bury human waste, it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's like plastic. It doesn't go anywhere, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. It might right. change its form, but it's still there. Hmm. Whereas if you're in like a really humid um, Pacific Northwest and you mm-hmm. dig six inches in the mm-hmm. ground and it's like a bog, right. that might that environment might be able to compost mm-hmm. it because human waste can be composted, sure. just like animal yeah. waste or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But um, in the desert, that was not the case. It was just mummified. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, excrement, <material. laughs> often with yeah. you know some form of toilet paper, and mm-hmm. um, so they were like, okay, let's smear. Hmm. So then smearing was the thing, and <laughs> of course it was always advised to pack out your any paper materials that you uh-huh. would use, or burn them on site. Which now we don't do that anymore. We don't want to do that really right. because of the fire mm-hmm. issues that have been come right. up with people trying to burn their sure. So yeah. And I don't recall that lasting very long. And okay. then I feel like it kind of got gray for a while. Like people were like, okay, cat holes, we're back to the cat holes, mm-hmm. but we know this is not good. Like there wasn't a lot of information to fill in that gap. Of what's next. Right, of what's next. So obviously someone was like, hmm, let's take, what do people do in RVs? What mm-hmm. do people do, you know, mm-hmm. solar composting toilets or mm-hmm. um, just any kind of a composting toilet? Mm-hmm. There's obviously places the world over that don't have access to plumbing and they don't have toilets and human waste is disposed of in various different ways. And yeah, someone's like, just do it in a bag. You know, and I wonder, you know, because that is now like where we are in this uh, generation where you basically pack everything out that you pack in or didn't intend to pack in, um, be prepared for that. But I wonder, you know, because we have a a specific desert ecosystem, if this is um, also going to translate into like the more humid areas too that are popular, because you could have this perfect forest that is going to decompose your human waste but if there's a ton of visitors that presents a problem right you know it might decompose your human waste but it might not decompose the entire town's right human waste Mm -hmm. and and that is funny because you know we always say so much about leaving no trace and pack it in pack it out (laughs) and one of the things Mm -hmm. that um again it's kind of kicking the can is like when you are packing things out whatever those things are Mm -hmm. If you're packing them out in things that then become landfill waste, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you're taking a problem away from one place and you're putting it, you know, it's just like you're switching the problem around a little bit. It's hard. What do we do, Lisa? What do we do? I mean, (laughs) if you, um, you know, I've done some reading about some of these uh, tourist islands, like Mm -hmm. in the Mediterranean or whatever, and a lot of these places, they have like, just these open trash dumps on these islands Mm -hmm. that are slowly but surely filling up or Mm -hmm. just aren't secured because 
they want you to come and be a happy tourist. But a lot of happy tourists are used to just having trash cans that they throw things into. And so that's a little bit of a tangent right. from human waste into waste in general, but it's really hard to be zero landfill waste when you are dealing with scale. Well, what do you think is going to be the next iteration of this conversation? Like we've been saying like these different generations right now, if you go to like discovermoab.com slash poop, um, the information there is, you know, bring a portable container and pack it out and don't dispose of it in your residential trash. Find location sites. So that's like where we are now. (laughs) But what is going to happen in the future? I mean, this is a multi-pronged problem. So it is. And you know, maybe someone's going to come up with a compostable mylar bag. I don't know. You know, that would be so the the fantasy solution would Mm -hmm. be that what you're putting all this in Mm-hmm. would be compostable at, um, mm-hmm. if not your own personal compost thing, then maybe a municipal composting facility yeah. that could handle human waste. Or it could be possibly um, biodegradable to the point where maybe facilities in towns like Moab at our waste management facility, again, we're fantasizing mm-hmm. here, people. So, right, sure. you know, <laughs> this is my fantasy, so right. don't disturb it by um, uh-huh. calling 259 <laughs> KZMU, right. you can call after I'm done with my fantasy, mm-hmm. that there would be like some tank where it would decompose and be mm-hmm. turned into fertilizer that the youth garden project could use. So right. that's our fantasy. Right, the lo- the closed loop sort of system. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. We All want right. that, that circular system. And you know, the thing about humans is that it does seem like oftentimes when the back is against the wall, then the creativity does. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I recently heard a report that with the Pacific Trash Island, They've got a cleanup project that is underway that's seemingly going quite well, and their plan is to put everything that they take out of there is either going to be reused or recycled. Wow. So if they can do that with that huge problem, then, you know, hopefully we can figure out more ways to do it with our our problems, but it's not going to go away. It's a problem that's not going to go away. I think this is an issue, too. that puts Moab once again on the forefront of something. Um, I had a conversation with Colin Topper, who you know, who's the chair now of Grand County. Um, is it Grand County Trail Mix or Grand County? Oh, Grand County Active Trails Trans- in transportation. and Transportation. GCAT. GCAT. The, Why do we even try to f- come up with the I words? I don't know. But the advisory council that's formally known as Trail Mix, right? Yeah. Um, so he's the chair of that. And he said something to me like on a different story um, related to dispersed camping. So similar where there's like impacts about just dis- uh, related to dispersed camping. But he said, you know, he tries not to get into a negative headspace about visitation and tourism and how much... Um, you know, the town has changed, but also the impacts have gotten bigger um, because he tries to turn that into like an opportunity to say, well, Moab could be at the forefront of the education campaign to make everybody, you know, better campers, better visitors. Um, and maybe this is part of that. You know, if we have this disposal, wag bag disposal system, maybe that is part of like someone sees that they're like oh well i do do i have to i have to dispose of my waste when i'm in the back country okay you know <laughs> that sort of thing so i thought that was a really interesting idea of kind of flipping the um you know the narrative of uh this being an, a negative thing to this being an opportunity i think i think it's a great opportunity and yeah it doesn't i don't want us to sound like we are um or i personally am 
sounding too anti mm-hmm. waste bag um, because I think it is so great that we are proactive about this mm-hmm. and we are recognizing what a problem it is or could be right. um, and dealing with it and coming up with re- really creative solutions. Like mm-hmm. um, for those of you who maybe didn't hear the beginning of this or didn't hear Molly's awesome piece on June 17th about our pilot program we have here in Moab for waste bag disposal, which we have five mm. disposal sites now. Great. Um, they are located at the Transit Hut by the dumpsters, at Lions Park by the dumpsters, at the transfer station, at the Southeast Utah Health Department by the street, and at the wastewater reclamation facility. If you see one of these white bins, so you're coming to Moab, mm-hmm. you've listened to the show, you've listened to Molly's um, interview, <laughs> and you're like, what do I do with these bags now? Well, we are trying to make it easy for you. We have five locations, and like we said, to our knowledge, right. this could be the first of its kind. Right. And, you know, this is a pilot program, so it has to be, you know, sustainable for everybody involved. And we know that it's hard um, to get county employees. It's hard to get, you know, any employees for any, um, you know, organization, whether it's government or, you know, private business um so i think that's also part of the question is does it work let's collect some data on you know how it's being used and then see if they can get funding or maybe even personnel to manage it and that's going to be critical Mm because you have to have dedicated personnel who are behind these programs and i did talk to um the canyonland solid waste authority and in their partnership with southeastern utah health department grand county responsible recreation City of Moab Parks and Trails and Moab Wastewater Reclamation Facility. They're going to be wrapping up the pilot wag bag disposal project um, some point in September, around September 15th. At that time, they're going to evaluate the data from the project. And currently, it is looking as if ongoing education will be needed, even though it's going really well, mm-hmm. as was evidenced in your, pa- mm-hmm. your piece. People are doing it, but we still need more outreach, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Spread mm-hmm. that word. Um, So they're going to need to do some more education and possibly increase disposal locations. Um, There has been noted, they have been able Mm -hmm. to note a decrease in the number of human waste bags that have been thrown in regular trash. Oh, that's good. That's helping to keep the staff safe and also helping to get your trash dumped because if they open it Mm -hmm. and they see those bags... Public service announcement folks out there, um, if your friends are staying at your house and they throw their bags in there, they're not going to take your trash away. So get on your friends mm-hmm. um, to deal with this properly. Mm-hmm. They're looking forward to gathering the data and they'll have a um, full update at the end of next month, with, at which time I'm sure you and I will both be mentioning that right. in, in our shows and I, conversations. I love this report. Inside scoop on the, the waste bag disposal system. Yeah, and uh, we are getting really close to the end of our hour our oh. here somehow. So I would um, just throw a few suggestions out there for any of the listening public. And that is, um, well, there's more than one way to deal with your own human waste. And there are plenty of resources out there on the internet, some of which we'll put in the show notes um, when we load this show up. But if you are averse to um, the thought of filling a non-recyclable, 
non-decomposable plastic bag Mm -hmm. with your waste and throwing it um, to the landfill, the hazardous waste landfill. If you don't know, we have two landfills in Moab. One is for hazardous waste, Mm -hmm. and that's where all the stuff goes. Um, You can come up with creative ways to do it. You could use a wag bag and reuse it if you dispose of the contents correctly the first time. Mm You can use bio bags, which you can use, get at like the Moonflower Market or other places, or like a dog decomposable Mm -hmm. bag. You can use that for your own waste, and you just might want to be a little more conscientious of how you pack it out. Kitty litter, uh, you can buy the fixative that um, they use in RVs, some RVs use. There are lots of ways to do this. Companies like Metolius Climbing, they make something called the Poop Chute. Hmm. It's designed for wall climbers, so it is designed for stressed out people to be able to deal with problems on the fly. Get yourself one of those. You can use it again and again and again. It's made of a high-density vinyl. You know, it is designed to contain things that need to be contained. And the other thing I'll say to people who are new to these situations when you see that bag the first time, it's going to add stress to an already stressful situation. So do what you would do with your dog or your child. Like, don't feel like you have to hold that bag and, right. you know, line things up. Right. The ground is there. Bring a spade or something with you and uh, make yourself comfortable. You know, like, there's some great views out there. I personally sometimes just like to lean against a tree or whatever, <laughs> you know, do my powerful pose in yoga. So I'm getting two things done at once. <laughs> I'm doing my yoga and I'm like, you know, taking care of problems. There's lots of ways to deal with this problem. Molly, do you have anything to add to Just that? Yeah, thank you for focusing on this issue. And I know that you were, you. Um, I can't remember when you had that episode with Anna Sprout, but that was a great interview. If anybody is interested, you can go to kzmu.org, click on public affairs, and then click on Great Wide Open. Or just search for Great Wide Open. Um, I, I hope it pops up. I think you can find it yeah. um, anywhere you get your pods. You can. Um, yeah. You might have to like uh-huh. filter through the public affairs show on right. any of mm-hmm. those places. But right. you know what's great about that? You might actually listen to something else. That's true. That's true. And so learn true. something really great. Molly, thank you so much for joining me in thank here you. today. For all you people out there, have a great afternoon. And we'll catch you next month on Great Wide Open.